The Supreme Report with attorney Tom Winslow on the Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers. Brought to you by Winslow Law. Talk 94.5. What's going on, Tom? What's up, big man? How you doing? Live and awake. Did you stay up on Super Bowl? Yeah, man. Stayed up on Super Bowl. Did you? Yeah. Okay, I got to ask. Everybody's talking about uh, that little hip check that uh, Kelsey did to Andy Reid. You know, to me, it wasn't a big deal. No? He was, okay. he was all excited and wanted to be involved in a play. Mm-hmm. He didn't go ahead and push. He was you know, basically advocating for the ball. Right. And it was almost like the first quarter, I think it was. Yeah, it was in the first half. Everybody, over, everybody overblows everything in this world. Okay. Well, see, did you see that isolated clip? It looks bad. I mean, yeah, well, Andy Reid is 65. I know he's, you know, 300 pounds. He's a big yeah, guy. Don't get wrong, but the thing is, you know, Kelsey's running out there really fast to get to him, and Kelsey's a big guy too, right? Right. Oh, yeah. And so it's just just over emotion. Okay. And, and I mean, I think Andy Reid didn't even respond to it. He just like, chill out. And they pulled him away, and it was done. It's like the first quarter, and it was okay. done, and then Kelsey went on to have a good game. See, I appreciate your uh, your point of view on that, because I, I, all you see is that isolated clip. Like, if you played sports, you know how your emotions get you oh, sometimes. Oh, yeah, I played, yeah, get baseball. Give me the ball. Oh, yeah, I've, I've <laughs> launched a bat or two in the... Uh... <laughs> on purpose or not on purpose? No, on purpose <laughs> in the go. dugout, you no, know. No one's it's... ever thrown a golf club anywhere. <laughs> right! <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was 16, but anyway. All right, so here's the deal. We got the Supreme Report. Everybody's got their eyes on. Let's start with the, the federal thing, the, the SCOTUS. How do you feel it's going to go? You know, I've been hearing a lot that it might even come out this week. Oh, so, really? So what we're, so what okay. we're talking about is... I think even last week it was when they had the hearing, they had the basically the two sides get up in front of the U.S. Supreme Court and advocate on whether or not Trump should be excluded from the state ballots. So mm-hmm. keep in mind, this is kind of, there's a whole lot of Trump stuff out there. So you got to stay focused on which Trump thing we're in. Right. This is the Trump one where Colorado, Maine, all these other states are trying to keep him off the ballot. But this is the Colorado one. Now, the Colorado petition was brought basically by six people. Mm-hmm. And and was advocated for by one person who was the person that's in charge of the elections in Colorado, whatever you might call them. And so if you think about it, and this is what the Supreme Court said, uh, they said, you know, is it fair for basically one state to decide who the president of the United States is? In reality, is it fair for one person to decide? Because it's only one person in that state that makes that decision. So can one person make a decision to exclude anyone? And I don't want to even use the name Trump, anyone. You know, if if it was Republican or Democrat, black, white, male, female, they didn't like that person – could they find some reason under this 14th Amendment insurrection clause? And that was the other thing they said. What does insurrection mean? Like, well, tell me the definition of insurrection. Mm-hmm. He's not been charged, right? He's not been found guilty. Tell me who's, who gets to make that decision. What is that decision, right? And so there's a lot of questions that the Supreme Court put out there in regard to the situation. I'd like to add that if they could charge him, they would. It would already be on paper. 100%. I mean, they've got and charges they, all over the place across right. the country anyway. And a lot of the charges, in my unlegal professional opinion, <laughs> whatever that means, uh, I think are bogus and a stretch and just hearing a lot of people, even you at times, say, eh, that's a bit of a stretch. But anyway, you think they go for that one because that's the biggie. Well, you know, it's they haven't touched it. That all these states and really it's New York. Right. And you have Atlanta. You have Georgia. Right. You have the kind of those are the two big states. Those states are trying to exclude them. But those are the two states that are actually trying to do something are clearly Democratic strongholds. Mm-hmm. And, and they're they're doing everything they can to define the outcome of the election, which to me is Completely improper, right? We're one country. We're one America. You don't have to like somebody, but you still respect each other as Americans. Mm-hmm. And, and and the truth is I'm still going to advocate for you to fight. 
I want you to run for president. If I don't like you, I want you to run for president. I want the people to decide. Right. Right. There's consequences for elections. And if you, if you elect someone that you want, like Biden, you get the consequence of him being the president. Mm-hmm. And if you elect someone that you don't want, like Trump, you get the consequence of him being the president. And you don't have to like what he does, but that's what the electoral process is about. Right. right? So I respect the process. I respect the country. I don't have to actually 100% like the person. You get to vote for who you want to vote for. Mm-hmm. Why are you trying to take away my right to vote for who I want to vote for? Right. So you feel that the decision will come down possibly this week, maybe. That's what I'm hearing, this week or next week, because they want to make a decision before all the primaries go. And you do you feel that it will be unanimous? Many I, I, legal pundits do. I do. I think it has to be unanimous, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it has future implications, right? right. This is the, it's a, we call it a novel situation. This is the first time the censorship clause has kind of come out and being mm-hmm. used. It was put in during the Civil War right. with you know, obviously the intention of trying to exclude people that should not be running because they were, basically were quote-unquote traitors, and definition of traitor is is interesting, right? Because the revolutionaries of 1776 were traitors. Mm-hmm. That's how the country started, right? So That's right. the definition is kind of a, a, a misnomer a little bit itself. But with that being said, it, it sets the precedent going forward. Mm-hmm. Okay, know, It could happen 50 years, 20 years from now. It sets that precedent. It needs to be unanimous. So two questions, and, and I agree, and I think it will be unanimous. I think we all kind of have that gut. I think even they know. Yeah, 100%. Uh, does this, two things now, does this, like set the precedent. Okay, knock this off now. That's right. And he's going to be have access to all the ballots in all the states. Mm-hmm. And part two, does this shut them up on the court packing? No, one hundred percent does not really? shut them up on court packing. They're gonna they're gonna advocate that because right now that's what they're trying to do. If you look at all the headlines that are out there, they're talking about how the satisfaction and the basically the 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 like. I mean, just pure almost majority like. Do I like the Supreme Court or not? Do I trust them or not? Is off base. So they're gonna say. This is why we need to have more people on Supreme Court, so that way we have a bigger majority, a bigger sampling of what people should get. But even the liberals, if it's unanimous, voted for this, the liberal-leaning judges. If someone's not happy, you're not going to make them happy by giving them something they don't want. That's true. They're going to want They're going to want more. This is going to be another reason why, look, this is why they don't understand the law. We need to get more people on there who understand the law. Yeah, they're not They're not going to stop that. I mean, that's what that's what goes all the way back to FDR, right? Mm-hmm. He was not happy. They were unanimous when they had five people back in the day, seven people back in the day. And now they have nine people back in the day, still today, and they don't right. like it. They still don't like it. Do you know? Do you remember how much it ballooned to at one time? I thought at one time they had fifteen. It started at three. Three. And no, and it went up to it went up to five, and then I think FDR took it up to nine, so that way he could sway the majority. Oh, so nine is. The but they're furthest. talking about wanting to go to fifteen. Oh, okay. some people want to go to twenty-one. Oh, for Pete, why? But that's the thing; it doesn't stop. That's a, and that's the situation. That's why I say don't think don't think of this as being a Trump or a Supreme Court, whether you like them or not. Because if you don't like the Supreme Court situation and you want to go to 13, 15, well, what stops the next president from taking it to 21? Right. The next president stops it from taking it to 25, right? You're, you're, all you're doing is perpetuating the problem. And then they'll never get anything done. And that's right. And you're creating more and more of an issue, right? So th- so it's 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 not going to solve the problem by trying to play outside the rules. The rules are what the rules are. Play with inside the rules. And if you keep changing the rules, it doesn't make it better because someone else can change the rules too. Right. And that's what always happens in Congress. Okay. Well, let's change the rules. Why don't y'all just work together and get something done instead of spend all of our money? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I agree with that. All right. So what else you got? What do you have on your sheet there? Well, I want to get that one out of the way because that's the one that everybody's kind of waiting for. 100%. What else do you have? Yeah, 100 So, I mean, that's a lot on that Trump one. But, you know, he got, he's got got the absolute immunity claim mm-hmm. that's out there too. So mm-hmm. the, he went to the circuit court, which is – Kind of where you start in the federal court, you kind of start at a lower district court level, and it goes to the appeal court. Well, the appeal court rejected his immunity claim, and that goes down almost to the Atlanta stuff and whatnot, mm-hmm. where he's saying, hey, I'm immune to these kind of lawsuits. Let's put Jack Smith on hold where he can't really do anything, and he's kind of stayed from prosecuting him. 
which is a good tactic, honestly. It's a kind of gamesmanship tactic. So now it's been petitioned up to the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court also has that immunity claim, and that immunity claim should honestly go against Trump, where he's saying, as president, I'm immune from everything, absolute immunity. You can't prosecute me for anything as president, right? So again, I'm going to take the name Trump out of it. I'm going to put in the name, let's say Hitler was president, and he did what he did in our country. Would you want to be able to prosecute him? Of course. Okay, so then that means you shouldn't have absolute immunity for any president. You can't just do whatever you want. Hey, I want you to bring another million dollars and just put it in my account because I'm president and I said so. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm president. You can't prosecute me, right? So, so when you put day, it that way, that makes sense. Right? So but, there shouldn't be absolute immunity. There should okay. be immunity for official actions on behalf of the country, such as, hey, I declare war. We might have to go kill a whole bunch of people, mm-hmm. right? You can't prosecute me for declaring war as a defense of our country. So there is immunity for presidential actions, but there's not absolute immunity outside of the presidential actions. So I would think that he and his lawyers know this. So what is it they're hoping to accomplish? Gamesmanship. So so what happens when you go to the Supreme Court? It puts everything on hold. Nothing happens until the higher court can hear it. And so when the Supreme Court takes the case or doesn't take the case, and they should actually take the case because it's a presidential question. Mm-hmm. It's probably, and I really don't know the last time absolute immunity was argued in front of the Supreme Court for a president. So it's another one of those novel situations where the Supreme Court needs to maybe weigh in on it. Right, and so the Supreme Court gets the case, and they can do three things. They can say, "I'm not going to take the case," which means the case goes forward. I'm going to take the case, and they act quickly on it. Like it looks like they're going to do with the selection stuff, mm-hmm. or they can act really slow on it. And they can act really slow on this one because they're saying, "Look, let's just see what happens with this presidency before we get through this thing. We don't want to impact the election, and we're going to move forward." Well, what happens when Trump gets office if he does get office? Well, he's in charge of the DOJ. Who's prosecuting him? He'll have the case the, dropped. The DOJ is prosecuting him. Right. He'll just say, "Stop prosecuting me." And not the case dropped. So it's gamesmanship. So it all depends on what the Supreme Court does with the case. It's not whether or not he wins or loses. It's how fast the Supreme Court wants to act on it or not that decides what he gets to do if he gets elected again. He's hoping time's on his side. He's hoping time's on his side, right? It's very smart gamesmanship play, right? Okay. Because I was wondering. Right? So, I mean, there's no way you should have absolute immunity, but it gives it that question. Right. And so and then it kind of goes with the other stuff that we have out there. You know, we got the stuff going up in New York. With E.G. Carroll, $86 million. That's got to be. It's, it's, it's asinine. I mean, $86 million for saying someone's a liar. Like I said, to a part, that's a defense. Like, hey, they're not telling the truth to you guys. Right. And he ha- said he's not a rapist. And it says, yeah. everybody shows you, sorry yeah. to interrupt, yeah. but they show you the court documents. It's checked. No. Yeah. He did and, not rape her. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's so hard to understand other than the fact that it's New York. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's just what it is. And so he's appealed that to the Supreme Court as well. Right. So he's playing this. He's playing the long game on all these. He's just trying to push it all off until he, he believes he'll be president again, which is going to be very interesting considering Biden and the reports that are coming out now and how things are going to play out mm-hmm. with the election. So we got a lot of a lot of fun stuff, shall we say, with the election. What about the shenanigans in Atlanta with uh, Fannie Willis? Is that forget the prosecution of what's going on there. They're prosecuting Trump. What was it again? Voter intimidation or voter right. fraud or yeah, something along fraud. those lines. Okay. He's trying to get the electorals to change their votes. Yeah. And stuff like that and which, give them, give them, find, them, find me some more votes. Yeah, right. Which is, again, that's one of those stretch ones, but they even said that was the strongest for a while. They thought that was the strongest it, look, case. It's a stretch one. Cause all he did was call people and say, go find me some more votes. Yeah. He didn't say change votes. He no. didn't say, you know, do something. So like that. because of the impropriety and the fact that that whole office, Fannie Willis's office, Striped with fraud, it seems, on her mm-hmm. own. Mm-hmm. From I mean, there's whistleblowers coming out saying, oh, yeah, I worked for her, and she's terrible. I mean, and so it's, 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 what's going to do to the case? That's right. It's interesting, right? Because what you're doing is you're looking outside the case. They're not talking about the facts of the case. The facts no. of the case, and the case is still there. They're talking about the integrity of the people prosecuting. Right. Right. And so there's already a lot of questions on a lot, a lot of people's minds of why are they doing this? 
And now you got someone that wants to advocate that someone's a bad person when they themselves are a bad person, mm. right? So it creates a bias. It creates a, a almost an advocacy against them. It creates a lot of question of conjuncture of honor and respect in that office. And, and if you can basically show that a, a witness, right, the prosecutor is of bad moral character, it discredits what they're doing. Right. And so they're trying to discredit the prosecutors, which is, a ta- again, it's gamesmanship. It's a tactic to say, how do you trust what they have to say when you can't trust them at all? But what's interesting is this, this is not fueled by Trump's legal team. Some of these people have come out that yes. worked for her on their own and yes. said, there's red flags that's here. Why, that's why I left. That's why I'm not there. Right. Yeah, 100%. You know, I wrote this one example. I wrote this grant, and it was supposed to go to these kids, and, the, and it ended up going for Mac, you know, Apple, whatever it was, Mac computers and iPads and trips for them and their like, buddies. We don't, like, we don't know where it went, but they got a new car. Right. right. Like, and basically, yeah. And so it's, it's an interesting dynamic, and that's just, again, it's, it's quite the tact. And, and that's what happens, right? It's hard to throw stones at a glass house if you if you live in a glass house. Right. <laughs> right. <sighs> And I, you don't like to always get on the, the political side of things, but it to me it's well, funny. Tis the season. Tis the season. It seems to me that they always uh, signal what it is that they're actually up to by accusing the others. Well, and, and I know I, we've said this a lot, and but I, and come I've on. said that for a long time. Like you know, all this Me Too stuff and whatnot. You know, when you start throwing these stones at people, they're going to be thrown back at you, right? Mm-hmm. You can't stop. Once you start that train, that snowball's rolling. It comes downhill for everybody. And so if you're one of those people that are going to be downhill, it's coming at you. And so it makes it very difficult. And, you know, in, in the very last Trump case I have is actually the property one where they're calling civil fraud on him for the mortgage loans. Yeah. And With no saying, victims. Yeah. And then they're saying that he's guilty, even though all the banks were like, we do it again because we made a whole lot of money off of this right. guy. But but Trump got up, and I don't know if you remember this or not, Trump got up and actually did his own closing argument, mm-hmm. right, where they were like, no, 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 that's not normal, right? Normally the attorney does a closing argument. No, no. He did it. And the entire trial was a civil case, again, in New York again, civil case where the Attorney General is basically saying he should never be allowed to own property in New York because of this, which, of course, is right. not private property rights under the Constitution, and it's not something that you can actually do in a civil court. It's all a money damage question. But with that being said, he talked about the Constitution and his private property rights and all kinds of stuff. So, again, on that one, he brought up the elements of a federal constitutional claim. Now, why is that important? Because, again, federal constitutional claims fall under the federal system, fall under the U.S. Supreme Court, which opens up that door – for the U.S. Supreme Court to hear an appeal on it, hmm. even though it's a state civil case. Right. Again, and, and and you might not like the guy, right? And, and don't get me wrong. You might not like the guy. A lot of people didn't like Bill Clinton, right? You might not like the guy, mm-hmm. but his brains on how to move forward as a president, as a leader, as a even a legal, <laughs> a legal pundit, whatever you might want to call him, he knew exactly what he was doing. He opened up that door, which was not open prior to that closing argument, which is also interesting because the closing argument is normally a synopsis of the facts. Mm-hmm. And so he talked about something that was completely outside of the facts themselves he that were there. He freestyled on the Constitution. <laughs> he always does, too, though, right? Yeah, and, but he, does. he But he understood did. Like, it wasn't something that was actually even a, a piece of the evidential case, but it was a part of that closing, which, again, opened that door for the Supreme Court to take a look at it if necessary. Okay, in a real non-upside-down clown world, which is where we seem to be living when it comes to the law and who, how it's applied and to who it's applied to, do you see much of this going away? Do you think he's going to actually have to pay E. Jean Carroll? Because she's obviously insane. Yeah, he's never going to pay her. Okay, and do you see him having to close up shop and sell all his businesses in New York? No, I mean, Me and that's the thing. That's the thing with the Trump, and, and everybody, everybody views this pers- from their own perspective. Mm-hmm. And no offense, but your own perspective is not Donald Trump's perspective, right? Right. Donald Trump has gone bankrupt two, three times, yeah. and, and he's right back where he started. Right. As as a as a mindset, Donald Trump has this mindset that he's not going to lose, 
And people hate him for that because they think it's ego and they think it's egotistical and he attacks people and whatnot. But that's the mindset he has as a leader. That's what's led him to where he is. And so they're trying to put their own mindset into him where his mindset is, let's go. I'm attacking you. I'm coming at you. I'm going to win. I'm not going to lose. I'm coming. And so you got to understand his mindset. He's never going to stop, which is a great trait for a president. A I great think trait for so. A leader, right? <laughs> yeah. Someone that's not does not care about other people's uh, perception of him of him is not going to stop attacking. And, and, and unfortunately or unfortunately, other countries know that too. And so they don't like that. Mm-hmm. They don't like a very strong leader because mm-hmm. they want to they want to be that strong leader. Somebody that's a little more pliable. Oh, maybe like a Biden. A little bit more pliable who mm-hmm. doesn't remember what happened yesterday. Oh, thank you. Did you have anything else? Oh, I got tons more, but I can save it for the next show. How about that? Okay. All right. Well, I didn't I know if you tons wanted, more. Did you want to tease one maybe? Because we're running out of time, but I got two minutes. Sure. Sure. We got the, we got the Supreme Court. Uh, in South Carolina has rejected Alex Murdaugh's request for a new trial. They said, they said too bad. The oh. court didn't tamper and interfere with them. So you've been rejected from having a new trial. So what does that mean? Is it done? It's done now unless he comes up with something else. But it's done now. Okay. Unless there's new evidence that shows he's not guilty. Okay. And it's interesting. I wanted to bring that up as a prelude to the next one. So the next one is South Carolina wants to bring back um, ex- executions using firing squad, electric chair, and lethal Yeah, injection. we heard this. Yeah. Yep. And so they have put out that they want to do this since 2000 and let's see, since 13 years ago, they've only sent three prisoners to death since 13 years ago due to the rising costs, the lack of lethal injection drugs, the defenses of these individuals. And now as of today, there's only 33 people on death row, whereas in 2011, there were 60 people on death row. So there's only 33 people there. I mean, they either need to decide, truthfully, either have a death penalty and use it or don't and just put everybody to life, Right. And again, the perspective, everybody looks at it from the perspective of the perpetrator. How about the perspective of the victim who's waiting in lieu for 13 years to get that justice? They either give them what they ask for or don't and show respect to the victims more than the perpetrators. These aren't people that are accused. These are people that are guilty, Mm -hmm. and they may not be guilty. Get the DNA evidence, whatnot, now, today. And there's only 33 Look at all 33 of those cases. They could exp- expedite yeah. that. Look at all 33 of those cases. Run their DNA or whatever you need to do, mm-hmm. and let's either execute or or commute to a life sentence and get rid of the death penalty. Right? I, I'm a big fan of life. I, that's just who I am. I believe in life for abortion. You know, I don't think that should be there. And I don't believe in the death penalty because I think God should decide who lives and dies. That's mm-hmm. just me. But but if there, but if it's out there, you need to use it, which is also again goes along with South Carolina. And there's a woman suing again to clarify the heartbeat bill of whether or not it should be six weeks or nine weeks, which makes a huge difference because between that time period, about 75% of all the abortions that were turned away fell between that six and nine week period. And so it's a huge question of whether or not abortion, death penalty, murder in South Carolina should happen. Okay. Very good. Well, then you'll have to save the rest of your stack. I'll save the rest of the stack. Two weeks? For whenever, two weeks, whenever you want me back. All right, sounds good. Tom Winslow, uh, how do people get in touch with you? What's the name of your law sure. firm? Guys, reach out to us at Winslow Law, 843-357-9301, winslowlawyers.com. And you have a show here on Talk 94.5 Sundays at? Sundays at noon. There you go.